Hello and welcome back to Loading Screen, a podcast where we discuss various gaming phenomena. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Tristan, and I'm joined by Reza. Hey, everyone. And for the next three episodes, we're going to deep dive into the phenomena of when you go back to play an old game that you thought was great, and they turn out not to be fun. Um, we're actually going to break this down to a couple different episodes because we want to touch upon different topics. So to start in this episode, we're going to spend the time talking about classics, right? AK, we're going to talk about our favorite games. Um, we're also going to talk about classic art, like other types of media, <laughs> maybe how do you define a classic? So we'll be doing a deep dive into that. We're getting very complicated this season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a very academic season, I guess. Uh, <laughs> next episode, we'll be talking about accessing uh, these, you know, sorry, accessing and playing these classic games. We'll be talking about how games are released, preservation and accessibility. Um, so basically, once you find a game you want to play, how do you actually play it? And then finally, we'll wrap up with addressing the actual phenomena. Um, you pick the game you want to play. You figure out how to play it, and you play it, and it's not that fun. Why is that the case? So we'll wrap it up with that in episode three. Um, But that's kind of the roadmap for the next few episodes. But let's bring it all back. We're going to talk about classics. We're going to talk about our favorite games. And, of course, we can't start that off without me asking you, Reza, what is your favorite video game? I feel like that's a really hard question to answer, but at the same time, uh, I feel like the answer that comes to me first is The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's definitely a newer game in the sense that, you know, it's not a classic, right? It's not like 30, 40 years old. I didn't play it when I was um, like six or seven years old. So it's not like it's, yeah. uh, it's the, you know, it's not like a fond childhood memory that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be funny if The Last of Us was a fond childhood memory anyone had, because there's nothing fond about what happened in that game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I think it's the one that I go back to time and time again as being the game. That's the reason why I have so much respect for video games. Yeah. Um, you know, I played a bunch of games before that, but uh, The Last of Us was the first one that actually made me, you know, like come out of it really feeling something. Mm-hmm. Um, and solidified that I had like a deep respect for this medium uh, rather than just like, you know, like a fun hobby or like something I do on the side. Um, what about you? Ooh, you know, now, now that you mention it, I, I don't know. I'm like, should I have bias towards more recent things? Because <laughs> I feel like right now, if you ask me, hey, Tristan, what's your favorite video game right now? I would say Team Fight Tactics because I've been playing it so much. Mm-hmm. And that is honestly the only game I've been playing. I'm, I'm a pretty bad gamer right now. <laughs> But, you know, may- maybe with the uh, nostalgia goggles on, I would say there's a couple, mostly Nintendo, you know, Super Mario World, Final Fantasy VI, Kirby Superstar. These are all on the SNES. Yeah. And then uh, kind of weird Metal Gear Solid 2. I haven't actually played it, but... <laughs> but it's still one of your favorite video games. I mean, I've watched a lot of, like, playthroughs of it. You know, I've read yeah. a lot of articles about it, and I, I feel like I could say it's one of my favorite video games. That's interesting that you say that, because I feel like, you know, we'll probably touch upon this in some future episodes, but the fact mm-hmm. that uh, you haven't even played it, and yet it's something that like you could still count as a favorite video game, yeah. kind of like goes into a lot of the reason why people even, you know, kind of have respect for a lot of these things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, 
No, that's 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 pretty interesting. I wouldn't have guessed those. I would have thought Pokemon, since you, know, <laughs> you literally want to get a, a Pikachu tattoo on your body. Yeah, that's true. I I think Pokemon is more about the the entire world versus just the games. Um, hot take: Pokemon games are kind of boring. Oh, this is not a hot take for me. You know, I hate I hate Pokemon. Uh, very yeah, <laughs> very yeah. firmly. So. <laughs> And I, oh, I feel God. like I gave you very specific uh, recommendations. I'm like, play this one. Yeah, yeah. And I still didn't listen. Yeah, so. it's okay. One day, one day. Um, let, let's talk about a little bit. Uh, you brought this up. You mentioned like The Last of Us isn't really a classic, right? Yeah. Um, and you mentioned maybe it's because it's not 30 to 40 years old. Like, how do you define classic? Like, when, when when you hear classic video game or classic art medium, like, how do you define it in your head? Yeah, I mean, I think um, for me, classics are uh, are, are uh, pieces of art or, or really anything, really, that set the foundation for mm-hmm. a lot of future uh, things within that medium, right? Yeah. And so it's not necessarily just that it was, like, a single piece of, like, great literature or, like, a great work of art. Um, for me, it's about like the impact that comes afterwards um, and the way that that item kind of like uh, changes uh, the way that other people create that same thing in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's kind of how I take it. And I think like inherent to that is this like it takes time for something to become a classic. It's not going to just happen um, over the course of like a year or right when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like the real impact of, of a lot of these games uh, and just items just like take time to really play out. Um, but that's just, that's me. What, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've thought about this a lot. Um, I mean, I pulled the Wikipedia definition as I always do, you know, classic judge over a period of time is, you know, seen to be of the highest quality and outstanding mm-hmm. of its kind. It's kind of generic. Um, I think for me, it, did you say it sets the standard or I, I think you said foundation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I feel like it's something that really pushes the envelope in some way yep. or, or or manner. And like I was pulling some examples in other mediums and I mean you see this on the on the notes, but like I put Citizen Kane for movies, um, Michael Jackson for music. I put Mozart with the question mark because I was like <laughs> how far? like that's another question too, right? Like how far yeah. back is too far back? Um and in the art space, there's just too many to talk about. I just put like Monet, Picasso, Magritte. Um, but these are, I guess, people. I guess movies is the only one where it's it's a singular movie. But um, I guess other mediums tend to have people rather than the actual works, works of art. Well, I think they're still like staple pieces by those individuals that like define them as being. Uh, so there, there's like classic music, right? Which like helped define that medium. But at the same time, there's people that are known for having developed a lot of classic music, at which point they become like classic musicians. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think like there's a similar phenomenon in video games. Right. There's like classic video games, in my opinion, that are just like one off video games that are really known to push the envelope, as you said. But then there's also like a secondary layer of um, individuals within this industry and studios within this industry that have consistently done that to where in the future, I think they're good. we can look back at them very clearly say like that was a classic studio. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I mean, maybe this is getting too meta, but like there's two, di- there's almost like two layers to it. It's not just to like the actual form of art, but also to like the, the people who create it, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. 
Um, just to bring it back, just in case uh, I didn't make it very explicit, the phenomena <laughs> is, <laughs> I just realized right now, you go back to play a classic game that was lauded, you know, you thought was great, and it it's not fun. So that's why we're starting with just talking about classic video games. Uh, there was a wild thought exercise that I found while doing research. Somebody even asked, can video games become a classic? And I thought that was very funny because all the other mediums that we talked about are like hundreds of years old, right? Yeah. And then you look at video games, which started, let's say the seventies, it's only been 50 years. Like, let's say we all exist on this earth a hundred years from now. Uh, <laughs> we all as in like the human civilization. <laughs> do you, Jesus, Tristan. <laughs> sorry. Uh, do you think there will be classics within video games? Cause like I look back and like, I feel like a retro classic classic is Pac-Man. Like, will that still be a classic at that time? Or will like the last of us, be a classic or 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 does it not even matter well like is the definition flu enough that they're all classics yeah i don't know i mean i don't think there's like uh a reason to like you know uh gatekeep classics necessarily you know what i mean like it's not like mm-hmm. there can be a limited number of them so i don't see any reason why like we can't you know keep having things be defined as classics yeah i think the only thing with video games where which i think would stop there being a ton of classics is just like the pace of development Mm -hmm. Um, if that makes sense, like, I think when I look at like music and art and writing, they've just, they've just generally progressed more slowly than like tech and, uh, and like gaming development and like the ways that people engage with this forum. And so I think the only thing that would prevent video games for, from having as many concrete classics is just that things change so frequently Mm -hmm. uh, that what would be relevant now is just fundamentally not going to be relevant in like 50 or 60 years. Um, but at the same time, I don't really see any reason for like why video games can't be classics. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's true. And you and you bring up another point. Um, we might as well just talk a little bit about here, like technology advancements, accessibility, preservation. Yep. I think something that's very unique about this medium is that it's like it's like hard to ex- access in terms of interacting with it right like yeah you need a console you need the hardware you need the tv and i wonder how much of that will kind of play into classics being able to be experienced right like going to see the mona lisa aside from the ticket costs and and the actual travel you just need your eyes right (laughs) but if you want to play Pong, you need like the Atari, you need the TV, and it all needs to work. Yeah. So I, I wonder what the balance should be in terms of preservation. I don't know if you had any thoughts. No, it makes sense. I mean, like, uh, it just takes more effort right now, anyways, for people to engage with a lot of these things that like we would define as classics, right? Because mm-hmm. unlike everything else that we've described, video games are like a they're a very active medium, right? Like. Um, you listen to music and you listen to art. Uh, I guess you read writing, which is an active process, obviously. Right. But like video games, I think still stand out as being something that like you have to participate in uh, compared mm-hmm. to like a lot of other things. Which means that fundamentally, it's going to be uh, like harder for people to to access a lot of these classics as time goes on because you just don't have the tools um, and like the tech necessarily to access them. Yeah. Um, which yeah, no, it's a good point. 
Uh, all right, so we, we talked about our favorite games. We talked about if they're classics. We even talked about how, like, how we define classics. Let's kind of pull it into video games specifically. Um, I'm going to say video games can have classics. Those exist. We don't have to wait 100 years. We don't have to wait 200 <laughs> years. They exist now. So if, if that's the case, how does a video became get classified as a classic? And I kind of broke this down to two things. I want to talk about it a little bit more. Um, one of them I already mentioned. It's like, it's an instant hit, right? They, they push the envelope. It comes out. It blows people's minds. We have things like Elden Ring, Skyrim, Ocarina of Time. I even put Undertale there. I, I don't know <laughs> if that's a classic. But these are games that just like everyone loves as soon as they're released, yep. right? Um, so, you know, I, I try to define it as like games that immediately push the boundary, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of what's possible within video games. So just to dig deeper, Elden Ring, it's open world Dark Souls. I put a little yawn emoji because I don't like the game. <laughs> Uh, Skyrim is often seen as the best open world game overall, uh, yeah. maybe even, you know, better than, uh, Breath of the Wild. Ocarina of Time was a revolutionary 3D adventure. Undertale was a good example of an indie game, uh, that was an instant hit instead of a triple A, AAA. you know, it had, uh, decision-making story branches, unique combat mechanics, and a lot of memes, right? That, that brought yeah. it to mainstream, mainstream success. So... I'll pause here in, in, in case you have like other examples or want to talk about this more, but I want to like categorize this type of classics as like people already loved it when it came out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that like we've, uh, we called out a bunch of games that we would define as instant classics, whatever, like earlier when we were defining what a classic was, I think we generally agree that it would take some time for something to become a classic. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously like all of these games when they came out and when people actually played them, were so clearly great at what they did uh, and so groundbreaking at what they did that it was kind of solidified that this was like a big step forward for the industry and right. a big step forward for the types of video games that these were um, to where it doesn't it didn't take time for them to become classics. What I'm curious though is how much of these will actually stand the test of time and be games that like people still remember in like 30 years or 40 years. Like Elden Ring was fantastic to me and to, to a lot of other people, but will it actually like change the way that other people play open world games in the future, as opposed to mm -hmm. like Breath of the Wild, which set the actual foundation of that uh, formula, right? Like where you don't tell people where to go, you just give them a world and, and like make them explore it, um, which is kind of interesting. The only other game that I can think of as being one of these, uh, which uh, a, a bit less of like an instant hit, but I think Hades is probably one that like we'll look back at in the future as being something that like genuinely does change the way that people interact with like roguelikes. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it was the first one that did plot and story really well on top mm -hmm. of having the actual like mechanics really well done. And so I'm really curious to see how that changes the forum. So it's not even necessarily that like they have to be massive steps forward, but mm -hmm. they can still change the, fo uh, the, the formula and foundation, I think in some way, which is, um, which is good to call out. Yeah. And I, I think your question is valid and that's basically the phenomena we're trying to get to. Cause like if I were to add another game here, which I would consider an instant classic, like Banjo-Kazooie comes to mind. Mm -hmm. But I hate playing Banjo-Kazooie now. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so not fun to play. Um, like, using the C buttons for your camera, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> um, so, I don't, like, to your point, I don't think many of these games would hold up in, you know, 30, 40 years. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of this. <laughs> these next couple episodes, right? You like, yeah. play these games again, and sometimes they're just not fun. Um, but they still are classics, right? Because yes. they still ch- set the tone for what the genre or type of game should be like for, for a while. Yeah, maybe our premature takeaway for this uh, arc is like, enjoy the moment, play your games <laughs> right now. Don't yeah, wait. I know. Yeah, don't <laughs> even wait like six months because something yeah. else will be out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was actually a meme article on Hard Drive. I don't know if you know Hard Drive. They, they're like the yeah. onion of video game. Uh, I, I think they published something recently of like, do you know the game Stray that just came out? Like with the yeah, the yeah, cat? the cat, yeah, yeah. The article title was like, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, Stray has held up really well after its release. <laughs> and, and like, and like the body of the text is like, it's been a couple hours since Stray has come out, but it, uh, all the mechanics and graphics has held up very well against the test of time. Honestly, so, it's like the first video game with a cat in it. So I would say it's, 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 it's a classic to me, honestly. <laughs> I think every game should have a cat with it at this point. Yeah. Everyone loves it. I, I don't know why. I, I gotta go play it. Yeah, I'll probably try it out. Um, so the other method that I put down in terms of how a video game because it becomes a classic is they're like cult classics. And I think we see this a lot in movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we see it as much in music. Do we? Uh, there probably exists. I think the thing with cult classics sometimes is like, there are still, there's like degrees to them, right? Like sometimes they're more, sometimes they're still niche. Yeah. Uh, even, and like, we just don't know about them. Um, mm-hmm. So there's probably cult classics within like specific genres that we just don't know about because we're not, you know, fans of that genre or something like that. But I'd be yeah. shocked if they don't if they don't exist. I feel like the biggest example, at least from from my experience, has been movies. So that's where my mind wanders to. Yeah. Um, but go I, ahead. I was going to say, I think the difference goes back to a point you made earlier about um, what becomes a classic. Is it the mm-hmm. piece of music or is it the person who made it? Yeah, I think in things like music and probably writing, uh, the the person behind it is more likely to become like a cult classic rather than like the actual piece of music itself. Right. Um, I can't think of any like concrete examples, but I feel like that uh, that's something I can. I don't know. It, it feels more realistic to me. Yeah. Uh, we we digress. Uh, we <laughs> we're trying to okay. So what what was I trying to say? I was trying to explain cult classics. Um, so these are like some examples that I put down are near Deadly Premonition, Earthbound. I'm going to sneak Metal Gear Solid 2 here so, so I can <laughs> explain. But these are games that weren't too well received upon launch. Like if you look up their Metacritic score, it's probably like definitely it's definitely lower than Elden Ring. Like yep. I promise you. Uh, but they <laughs> eventually grew a big fan base due to something unique the game did. So like that is the uh, kind of the uh, what do you call it? the consistent theme across instant hits and cult classics, right? Like they, yep. they pushed the boundary. They did something unique. Um, and a lot of these games actually become big series afterwards because thanks, uh, you know, thankfully due to capitalism, video game <laughs> companies want to make money again. So they release sequels and remakes and remasters or whatever. Uh, so I put near, you know, not automata, the original near, uh, I think it was called like dragon guard, which is, it had super dark storytelling. It changed genres the combat was kind of bad to be honest automata like improved on everything Mm -hmm. um but called classic deadly deadly premonition Uh, if you haven't heard of it 
go look like pause the uh, podcast right now go look up a youtube video it is like the crustiest looking game you'll ever see <laughs> <laughs> like graphics how are, old is it uh i want to say like 2012 oh 2012 and it's a crusty looking game 2010 2010 oh, okay yeah okay it's still yeah. pretty new honestly i was expecting a lot worse it, the graphics are honestly just awful um and the gameplay is really weird but like tldr this is a video game where you're a detective solving like a supernatural mystery um so it's a lot of fun there's a lot of memes uh but this another cult classic earthbound was one and i gotta talk about metal gear solid 2 because rosa you asked me about it like when the game came out people hated it uh-huh. because uh raiden was the main character for a bit um, spoilers, you play as Raiden and uh, Solid Snake kind of back and forth in the game. But it kind of like, y- you know how everyone's like, oh, Kojima's an auteur and storytelling and world building, right? Yep. Honestly, I think Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 are the prime examples of that. So once everyone got kind of past the fact that you don't get to play a Solid Snake for the first 10 hours of the game, it's a really fun game to play. Um and the reason I consider it as a favorite game is like I didn't have a PlayStation 2, so I never got to play it myself. But you know, watching the videos and like seeing how it was pushing the envelope made me really appreciate the game a lot more. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you think it is about a game that makes it a cult classic versus an instant hit? Like, what do you think are some of the reasons why uh, it's not an instant hit in the beginning? Like, why does it take time for these things to become classics? Um. I feel like I'm like salty against capitalism this entire <laughs> episode. But like, I think honestly, like marketing has to do with it and the budget behind it. Right. Okay. And some of the prior, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like the branding that it has. That's not it. Uh, what do you call it when, when like a studio is known for, it's like renowned. It already has like a track record. That's, oh, that's okay, the thing, okay. right? Yeah. Like Elden Ring from software has released six other games that are really, really good. So, you know, there's a lot of anticipation and they met the expectations, et cetera. But like near when it was coming out, nobody knew what this was. It's not a sequel. Yeah. You know, they're trying something new and, and I don't think people really understood it. Yeah, that makes sense. There's also like a notion of like too early for its time fundamentally, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, where the, the game is just like, or anything is just so experimental that down the road, it's something people find interesting because they just view it in a completely different way uh, and like a completely different lens. Mm-hmm. But at the time that it came out, it was so far away from what was the the status quo that for the people who engaged with it at that time, it was just like, wasn't, there was nothing fun or enjoyable about it. And like yeah. music, this is a common story, right? I mean, Van Gogh and art, right? Like his stuff at the time was considered like crap and trash. And the, the, the man literally died poor and penniless but now he's considered one of the most like renowned artists of all time mm-hmm. um i wonder whether something like that is going to happen to video games at some point um i think the fact that uh it's harder with video games because you have to overcome the tech limitations right yeah like, these games just age so i feel like it's harder for that to happen to video games but i wonder if that's going to happen at some point i can see that happening and i think you touch upon a couple good points that you know we'd noted down for the future episodes um, I really like your point about experimental because even the two examples that we noted down here, like it's really good in one area and it's really 
bad in the rest, right? Like, yeah. Deadly Premonition looks bad. You know, gameplay's a little weird. But if you look at the instant hits, they're like, on average, good at everything and then mm-hmm. exceptional at something else. <laughs> so, like, yeah. whatever the player base is used to already based on our current, you know, patterns and standards, the game's fun to play to start with and then it does something extra on top. Whereas, like you said, the cult classics, they're experimental. So, like, the rest of the industry hasn't maybe caught up or gone that direction yet. Yeah. So it just feels really weird to play. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. So we talked about classics exist within video games. We talked about how games become classics. We talked about our favorite games. Um, But I think I wanted to at least list off, you know, even if they're not our favorite games, what do we consider to be classics? Yeah. I think we just kind of listed off what other people think are classics, but we haven't heard about our own opinion yet. So I'll I can I can go first with the one that I I hate to admit, but I uh, I, I think Pokemon is like arguably a classic. Like mm-hmm. I, I it's not a single game, um, but I think the fact that we have this like continuous yearly franchise of games that are all kind of tie-ins to each other. Yeah. Um, for me, that is like one of the most canonical uh, video games that I think of when I think of like a classic video game because. Uh, it's so popular and so ubiquitous. Like it was, it did such a good job at what it was trying to do mm-hmm. um, that like a whole generation of people recall it to this day. And even though the games are shit, uh, people still <laughs> love them. Like yeah. we, we still play the same game 10 years, 15 years after the first ones came out because it made such an impact on so many people um, when, when they were first playing it. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? What I think about Pokemon or Yeah, would you agree it's a classic or would you push back? I, I would agree it's a classic. Um why? <laughs> it definitely did push I, I don't know. I I feel like there's so much going on with Pokemon in my head that like I can just talk about this for hours. But like, you know, Pokemon Gold and Silver, the fact that you're able to revisit the area from red and red and green is like mind blowing. It's like a sequel where you can go back, you can do extra stuff. It like builds on top of the past games. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is something that really hasn't happened prior to that. Right. Like if we think about other games within the Nintendo series, like super Mario world versus super Mario three, like they're they're not really connected. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Maybe gameplay aside, that's what kind of brought it together. And like maybe even the real life component of like you can buy a Pikachu plushie, right? It's like all tied together and you can like, yeah. I don't know, pretend to be Pokemon trainers and things. Um, <laughs> I think that, I, mean, I, I, I guess ahead. like we're touching on a, upon like another factor on like why things become video games is like there's just there is some element of nostalgia Mm-hmm. to it right like it's not just about how like what the games do for the industry or for the the medium but the way that they make people feel when you play them is yeah is also just a quality right like it made kids just excited right like it was a as a social experience people were like trading pokemon with each other they were playing pokemon against each other mm-hmm. it was probably one of the first games where like uh or at least the first games i could think of where uh, people would like you know, bring their consoles to school and play with their friends and stuff like that. Um, 
it just like tapped at everything that like kids loved, right? Monsters, collecting things, playing with people, all that good stuff. And so even though the gameplay, when you look back at it, even back then, the gameplay itself wasn't mind blowing, right? Like it was, it was, it was just a turn based combat game. Um, it, the way that it made people feel was the reason why it's a classic and why it's still continuing to this day. That relatable factor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes That's sense. That's true. Because if you want to play a, a, a good RPG, you probably should have just gone play like Dragon Quest <laughs> or Final Fantasy. So. I mean, isn't even Digimon better than Pokemon from a, uh, a structural <laughs> level? <laughs> this episode has really taken a turn. Uh, we are Digimon. never getting a review copy of Pokemon games. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I noted down like what popular, popular mechanics, uh, themes, classic games, their top 10, because we know that is the premier reference. Yeah. Uh, when we popular think video mechanics. games, yeah, popular mechanics, <laughs> uh, their list was pretty interesting. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, Super Mario World, Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 1, um, Final Fantasy VII. They had Miss Pac-Man. Not even the original Pac-Man. Just <laughs> <laughs> Why Miss Pac-Man? Was it the um, first female protagonist in a video game? Maybe. Honestly, probably. Old oh, Tomb Raider. No. Oh, Tomb Raider was like PS1 era. It was probably the first non-sexualized female protagonist in any video game. Are you looking at this uh, poster? <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> that's kind of a seductive as back man <laughs> yeah um but i think you're right yeah the game introduced one of the first female protagonists I've ever seen in a video game so that's cool um street fighter 2 bioshock mass effect half-life golden eye um so you know classics also i would just consider them to be older games and i i think that's similar to how i think about classics of like my my just if i were to Name three off the top of my head. I I just wrote down Pac Man, like the original Pac Man, Mister mm-hmm. Pac Man, yeah, um, Pong, and Super Mario Brothers. It's interesting that you put Pong because I, it is a classic in the technical sense that like it was one of the first games, probably that was like a household thing. But uh-huh. I don't think anyone looks back at it fondly. I don't think anyone. I don't think it like changed. It just happened to be the first game, right? Like, is it actually <laughs> it just got lucky? <laughs> like. <laughs> It's barely a game. It's just a dot and two lines that you're kind of moving around. Like, is Tic-Tac-Toe a classic? <laughs> I think it is, isn't isn't it? I, yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, it's a game. Uh, wow, that's a hot take. That's a, that's a good headline if I ever heard one. Pong just is, got lucky. Pong just got lucky. <laughs> uh, so, like, I think something that popped out into my mind at this point when I was taking notes is like, Hey, a lot of these games are old, right? Even, um, you brought up Pokemon. I believe that was released in 98. Uh, you know, that's 20, 20 plus years. So I, I want, I wanted us to talk about retro games for a little bit too. Um, what's the difference? Yeah. What is the difference? (laughs) What's the difference in your, in your mind? Uh, I don't know. I think a retro game, uh, like fundamentally, has to be like channeling like old games. 
mm-hmm. right? Like, I think we named a few games that we would consider classics that are still like new ones, right? Like Elden Ring, Breath of the Wild, stuff like yep. that, which are like, they will be classics. There's no question about it, but they're yep. like much newer. Whereas yep. like a retro game is just like a staple game that's super old, right? Uh, <laughs> like or, Pong. Yeah, like Pong. <laughs> yeah, Pong. <laughs> Pong is a retro game. Or it's a game that's kind of channeling the style of like a really old game, but that yeah, what, I guess what what, yeah. what what does that even mean? What what do you mean channel the style? I mean like of like like I feel like there's uh there's like artists and stuff that are known for making music that sounds like it's older than it actually is, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, people who are really good at making like classic rock, even though. Uh, the band is like actually making music in like 2020 and 2021. I want like, I think there's a similar thing happening in video games to some degree where like people just make games that stylistically are old, yep. um, but are still like new fundamentally, right? Like they're just made. Yeah. Um, that's a smaller thing though. I think. I, I think you brought up something interesting here. I want to dig into this more of like we said, Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring will eventually become a classic. Right? Yeah. So does that mean a game has to be a retro game for it to be a classic? Whatever that... Like, is there a cutoff? Is there an age cutoff? I... I don't know. I mean, like, I think there's games that, you know, are bound to be classics. Like, the ones that we named. Like, they're not classics yet. They can't be classics because they're not old enough. So I guess Mm -hmm. the answer to your question is yes. Like, it takes time. Like... If the, for something to formally be called a classic, yes, it's going to take time. Um, but I think there's some games that like you just kind of know right off the bat. Like this is this is like changed things in such a significant way that it yeah it will be talked about for a long time to come. I think this is interesting because I I feel like I'm going to go back to Pong again because <laughs> maybe Pong's an outlier. Like I feel like when Pong came out, it was revolutionary. People were like holy shit. Right, like it was yeah. in the arcades and all that, and and now we're like, eh, maybe it's not a classic. So I, I I wonder if if things can fall in and out. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like the canon is always changing, right? Like what what is or isn't deemed to be like foundational. It's just mm-hmm. like you just kind of grow out of things over time. Yeah. Like there's a, a period of time in which something is influential and that it just stops over time to the point where you're like, okay, this isn't relevant anymore. Yeah. Sad. Nothing's <laughs> permanent. I think with video games, that time frame is just a lot shorter, right? Like yeah. things just stay relevant for shorter periods of time because of the fact that the medium is tra- like changing so quickly and it's just mm-hmm. newer. Like we said, right? Like music has been around for thousands of years. I don't think anyone's playing pong in like, I don't know, 19 BC. Um, (laughs) the first person who played pong was jesus christ Uh, (laughs) like an irl physical pong it's just tennis that's just table tennis yeah that's ping pong oh my god that's why it's called pong because it's ping pong (laughs) oh my god (laughs) holy shit we're breaking ground here at loading screen oh my god um but back to the question we were discussing. Uh, I mean, it's all personal opinion, right? I don't think there's yep. a right or wrong answer. Yep. I uh, I said, you know, a retro game isn't necessarily a classic game. My notes are wrong. Um, it's like, a, is a rectangle a square and a square rectangle type question? 
Um, and then for the second question of like, does a game need to be retro for it to be a classic? I also said yes. Like, my opinion is that it needs to be judged and assessed. And yes, some games are, you can kind of tell, you know, like with Skyrim and Elden Ring or whatever, but other yeah. games like Nier, we wouldn't really know on release. Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. What is the shortest amount of time that you think something needs to be existing before it can be called a classic? Like how long do you, is, if you had to pick a number for how long you think uh, a video yeah. has to be around? I mean, that's, that's the exact, okay. So if we, if we both agree that a, a, a game needs to be retro for it to be a classic, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I had the exact same question. Like how long, how old does a game have to be for it to be a retro game? So for me, I said like for a retro game is something that brings the sense of nost- nostalgia, right? Okay. So that for me is, N64. Like anything beyond yeah. that, I would consider a new. Oh, interesting. When was the N64? When did it come out? 96. Okay, so you're saying almost like 15 to 20 years. That's basically what you're saying. No, 90, 96 is uh, almost 30 years, right? 96 is 30 years ago? Oh my God. You're right. <laughs> I was like, did I do my math wrong? No, yeah, it's you're saying 25 to 30 years old. Yeah. Crap. Oh my god. What the hell is going on? Oh god. Dude, I'm on of it today. Holy shit. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I don't even know where to go. This is more eye-opening for you than the listeners at this point. So, yeah, that's what I consider retro. Anything like, you know, N64 era or before. Uh, I buy that. I think it's almost like a... I think a more easy way to measure it for video games is, like, how many console generations it's been. Um, okay, because how, that's, how like, many a more... in your mind? For me, I think... Yeah. Uh, like, for me, two generations. Two to three generations. So the PS3. Yeah, I think there's certain PS3 games which could be retro. Yeah, I don't know if it's like retro. I mean, when was P? When did PS3 come out? How old is this? Two thousand six, I think. Yeah, so that's fifteen years, uh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, that's not that's like a that's a good enough time for something to, especially at the pace that video games are developing. Yeah, right. Like uh, things that we've we've made pretty big changes to the ways that like video games are since that time, and more than just like fidelity. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's like, like, I think the real question is if I played games from that era right now, would I feel their age? And I think if I played games from that era right now in their original form, mm-hmm. I would feel their age. Like if I went back and tried to play, I mean, even Last like of us one. Yeah. Like if I tried to play the last of us one on a PS3 console on a PS3 controller, I think I would feel its age. Um, which is a point we can come back to later when we talk about remakes and remasters. Yeah. Uh, but it's still like it's not so old to where it's not doable yeah that's true maybe we're just old because yeah yeah, the the note that i put down was like a lot of the formal definitions games that are older than 15 to 20 years are considered retro aka eligible to be classics yeah so like the nintendo wii is retro which i don't know to me that sounds really weird i think the wii is retro we're just oh my god which is all, dude. <laughs> the PSP is retro. The the OG PSP. Yeah, the OG PSP is retro. The OG okay. PSP was when? 
at this point, we're just calling out how old Chris and I are. Are you serious? You're joking. Yeah, 2004. Why do I know all these years off the top of my head? This podcast has just turned into a revelation by me and you of how old we are. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, It was released December 12th, 2004 in Japan. Yeah, I remember my first PSP. I broke it in India. My little cousin threw it across the room. Uh, (sighs) Good times. I was playing God of War, which should not have been allowed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was way too young to be playing that game. All right, but so before we like have a mental breakdown because we realize how <laughs> old we are, I want to get to the last part, which was okay. So we we made this journey talk about classic games. That's this episode, right? Like, just let's talk about our favorite games. How do you define a classic game? How do you define a retro game? But the phenomena that we're touching on is playing these games. So we just talked about how like these games are not fun to play. Yep. Why would we even want to play these games? Uh, because we're sadistic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I noted two things. And I mean, Raza and I talked about this before, so we, we both agree. Like, one was nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. I really want to play Diddy Kong Racing a game, uh, again. So I actually installed it on my Steam Deck uh, oh, the wow. other day because the Steam Deck is great for emulation. Um, and rare, if you're listening, I do own the cartridge at home. I just, you know, I just want to play my steam deck. This podcast um, is not sponsored by valve, but it should be yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, if you're listening, I'm going to send it to <laughs> Gabe personally. Uh, and then the second thing is like curiosity, right? You heard that Ocarina of time is amazing or like, you know, metal gear solid two is amazing and you really want to experience it for yourself. So I, I, I think those are kind of the main buckets um, that I had in terms of like, why would you even want to play this? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I mean, it's, the nostalgia one is interesting because uh, like, I, I think we might have called this out, but you're not likely to feel that nostalgia if you have none for it or right. Like you, you'd have, you have it impl- you're revisiting something, mm-hmm. right? So if you're like completely new to, to this kind of stuff and like you've, if I were to go back and play Pokemon at my age uh, and I've never played it as a kid, which I didn't, that I'm going to have a much more different experience in the way that like Tristan does whenever he replays these games, um, which is really interesting because the way that like you go into it will change how you view these games. Yeah. 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 Uh, I wanted to end with what are some classics that you haven't been able to play yet, but you've been meaning to and why? I don't even know if I have any, honestly. <laughs> I don't even play video games. (laughs) (laughs) I'm toxic in that I really don't like playing old video games. Like, I think when I can feel the age, Mm -hmm. um, I I guess like this is a thing like you and I are very different kinds of gamers, right? Like, I think you enjoy playing these old old games. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you enjoy them. I do not enjoy the uh, going back and playing really old games because uh, the gameplay is just like too jank for me. And I just Mm -hmm. don't enjoy that. Um, so I there is not that many video games that I want to like go back and play. I think if they were remade, uh, then I'm more much more likely to go back and play them. For example, I really want to play the the latest releases for Crash Bandicoot because yeah. I played that as a kid, and for me those were probably some of the most staple games that I played like as a kid with my cousins and stuff like that. I have a, whole, a lot of nostalgia for Crash Bandicoot, mm-hmm. uh, but I wouldn't go back and play it on a PS2 anymore. I'd probably just play it on my PS5. Um, yeah. 
but other than that, there's not that many classics uh, that I that I want to go back to. I see. Not even curiosity. I think I'm curious about a ton of them, but the chance that I prioritize them over any other games that I that are on my docket uh, yeah. is, is kind of low. Yeah, I want to try it. a lot of the classic uh, Nintendo games, uh, like a lot of the Zelda ones. Ocarina of Time uh, is is one oh. that you wrote down, but I want to give it a go because yeah. it comes up over and over again. Um, uh, I I actually genuinely do want to give old Pokemon games a go because <laughs> no 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 don't do I it. I do like I think I want to just try them but yeah. I know I would hate them so there, I would get nothing out of it um but yeah I can't think of any other major ones that I want to give a go I think that's fair um yeah I mean I would recommend against trying the Pokemon games but uh, that's just me uh I had a couple I put Deus Ex the original uh. It's on the PC. I think that one was a kind of a, what did I call it? Instant hit. It like, mm-hmm. it really pushed the RP, RPG genre a lot. And then actually the newer games took out a lot of those features. So that's an example of a series going backwards. Um, I also have been meaning to try the original Final Fantasy VII. Um, I think I will honestly just die before I play that game. So I've given up. Oh my God. I'll name my first child after you, Tristan. If you play both the remake and the original, the original, yeah. Before I die. Like I will, yeah. I'll rename my child. Before I die. Before I die. I'll rename rename my child. Um, And Mist, which is like the point and click game on the PC, I believe. So a lot of these are due to curiosity. Maybe not Final Fantasy VII. That's like coercion, but uh, and and you know not nostalgia. I, I think my nostalgia games are I already named them like Super Mario World and Final Fantasy VI. If I yeah, especially the former, I think that game has aged perfectly. As in, it hasn't aged at all. It's so which fun one to play Super, Super Mario, Mario World? World. Gotcha. Yeah. It is yeah. fun if you play ten years ago, twenty years ago. Now it, it just like it just works. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some games that are just like that. Mario, I think, mechanically has kind of always been so smooth and fun to play mm-hmm. that even though the graphics age and even though, like, uh, it's not as, like, mechanically complicated, the, like, yeah. again, the fundamentals are so fun that, like, you'll, you'll have fun going back to them. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's all for episode one. We, we talked about classic games, retro games, favorite games. So going back to the roadmap, what's next? We're going to talk about how to actually play these games because it turns out playing older games is hard. (laughs) Uh, It's not like you just download it onto your PS5 and you can play all the games that you want. So we're going to talk about how to actually access these games in the next episode. And then after that, we're going to talk about the actual phenomena. You know, you you boot these classic games up and they're, they're not fun. Uh, after I just said Super Mario World is, per- uh, World is perfect. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk and talk about why that is the case. So we got about, I guess, two hours of more content ahead on this phenomena, but uh, we'll wrap it up at least uh, for this week here after talk about classic games. As always, I've been your host, Tristan, with Reza. And thanks for joining us. Have a good one. Yeah.